0: Hello, hello. (laughs) Welcome to the Palpa Show. Today, my guest is Randy, and Randy is an acupuncturist in South Boston. And the reason I have Randy on is because Randy and I have a few similarities in our journey through life. One of the major ones being that we're both homeless. And one of the things that recently came up for me is that... I won't be homeless till the day I die because my body is my home, which has led me to perceive life in a completely different kind of way. Uh, and Randy works with the body as well. So I thought this would make for an interesting conversation. I so love welcome, this. Randy. Thank Round you. two. We try to record this before and chaos within the first 15 minutes.
1: That is life. That is life. <laughs> Uh, to the T it's, uh, my kid calls me accidentally extra and (laughs) (laughs) the universe just has this, uh, sense of humor where it's like, we're going to throw shit at you and, uh, see how you handle it, which is ties perfectly into this. And fortunately with this, we're able to be like, okay, let's start over.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, so right. And, uh, I want to get into, how you got to this point in life you know you were a baby then you were brought up oh, left yeah. the nest and then how you handled life on your own so
1: thank you bb um i'm an acupuncturist here in boston and uh i kind of cotywampled through life professionally and um personally uh definitely got lost along the way um several times but um I think that creates a better story, uh, other than following a particular algorithm that leads to what some may perceive as success. So, um, I, uh, I'm originally from Ohio. My parents moved around a lot when I was a kid, so I've lived in Ohio and Michigan and Georgia, Florida. Florida. Uh, we moved to Florida right after I graduated high school, and I started studying uh, anthropology and archaeology, and shortly after that. Um, My girlfriend at the time became pregnant, and uh, I had to drop out of school and basically get a job. Uh, My professional background is uh, anthropology, archaeology. I worked for New Balance for a period of time where I studied kinesiology, posturology, gait assessment. What's
0: posturology?
1: Studying how the body, um, like the way the body moves in your posture. so, that um, uh, it's a lot of uh, very similar to um, certain personal trainers that we might know that uh, deal with pressure in the body and how the pressure is distributed and how posture can increase or decrease the ability to uh, compensate um, uh, in time and space.
0: Okay, okay. All right, continue. Sorry.
1: Ultimately, <laughs> we'll fast forward into our conversation, it stores trauma.
0: Okay. All right. Actually, yeah, that's so relevant. Um, Did you know that at the time you were studying it?
1: No, I had no idea. So um, understanding how the body moves. Then I went to massage school. uh, With massage school, I studied uh, structural energetic therapies, neuromuscular massage, lymphatic drainage, um, sports massage, orthopedic. I got a bunch of different certifications with that. Uh, and then I, um, uh, basically I became a single dad, divorced dad. And I was like, Oh shit, I have to have like a real adult job. <laughs> uh, so I went to fire school and then EMT school. I got hired as a firefighter. Uh, they sent me to paramedic school. And then, uh, with that, they sent me, uh, to study engineering. And so I've got all these different degrees and certifications in my background that have professionally allowed me to coty-womple. Um I did have some uh, life circumstances that uh, had me reevaluate different components of my life. And I went to a life coach and he put me through some exercises. And each exercise, we ultimately kept landing on acupuncture. And I was like, good story, man. I've never had it, never going to do it. I'm good. I applied to PA school, PT school, chiropractic school, and nursing school. They all wanted me to do two more years of prereqs on top of all the other degrees and certifications I already had. Uh I dragged my feet and then finally I applied to uh acupuncture school. And it was like that that scene in Harry Potter where he goes to the Oleander's wand shop and uh picks up a wand and everything like lights up and he's like, Oh my god, I'm a wizard. Uh, And that was me with acupuncture, which allows me to put all of these things together along with my life experiences to help people reclaim their lives and their health. Um, And ultimately, everybody's last choice when it comes to um, their health. (laughs) And then uh, I basically have to myself to each client as to how and why I can help them. But my professional Cottywampling and then all of my life experiences in the past allow me to find the trauma that's stored in their body and ultimately help them release it and not let it dictate who they are, but it's just part of their journey.
0: Um, So when you were homeless, how did you manage to muster up the will to... go out and do something instead of sit there with a sign asking for, um, handouts, you know, and you said you deal with, you know, how traumas are stored in the body. And I wonder was this a traumatic experience for you throughout life? And if so, how did have you, mm, managed that trauma or converted it into say positive energy and kind of let it go
1: yeah so um I became homeless in 2007 2008 um I don't remember the exact year but um that was was around the same
0: time I did too
1: (laughs) it was a time girl it was a time
0: (laughs) wow interesting
1: (laughs) um I lost uh, my house to foreclosure. I lost a carter for um, car repossession. I had to file bankruptcy. Uh, This was all a result of a custody battle uh, between uh, my son's mom and I. Um, I had nowhere to go. um, And there was a period of time, it was about eight weeks uh, over June and July that uh, we basically stayed at a state park uh, at the campground um and I and everyone's experience in their journey is completely different um and it's unique to themselves but I I had a four-year-old five-year-old that basically like I couldn't let him know (laughs) that we were homeless and then I also couldn't let my job which was the fire department at the time know that I was homeless because if anyone found out they would take him from So my motivating force was not myself, it was myself. It was like living for someone else and holding it together for someone else. So while we were at the state park and we were camping, um, I basically told him we were camping each night. And then looking back on that time, it's some of our happiest memories. Like my kid did not know that we were homeless until he was 16 and it came up in conversation. He goes, wait, what? We were homeless I thought we were just camping for the summer <laughs> and I was like if you sell it as a positive and you spend that negative and you find that silver lining like I knew this moment in the in that period of time it was so rough like rolling pennies and quarters dimes um doing paycheck cash advances at Amscott um because I didn't have any money to pay for anything was like, am I gonna pay for gas or am I gonna pay for food for my kid? I have to also pay something. And we hid several times from the, from the, what um, are the, the people called it? The state parks. Um, uh,
0: the stru- the the sh- uh, troopers?
1: Yeah, basically like those people, we had to hide from them um, so that they wouldn't think that we were just squatting, but we were squatting, which ironically turned into how we became squatters of bank-owned houses with the 2008 uh, stock market and housing crisis and everything. There was a surplus of houses and we scouted them out and and they have to keep the electric on and the water on Wow. to make sure that they don't like get moldy and gross and stuff. And the banks had so many houses that they weren't putting them on set up for sale. So we just started staying in them. And then we had air mattresses, we had sleeping bags and we made it an adventure of like trying out different houses. (laughs) Um, i made it an adventure for him so that he would focus on the fun parts of it versus the struggle that I was actually going through. Um,
0: And you never considered staying with friends or family?
1: uh, I didn't have the uh, financial or emotional support of my biological family. Uh, and then friends, um, there were very few that I actually trusted at the, at the time that um, I trust with that knowledge. And it was also part of my own pride of being like, I don't want to have to ask for help. Um, yeah, it was a prideful moment of uh, self-isolation.
0: I think in certain ways pride serves us well. Um, Not always, but yeah, in some ways it does because when I ran away from home, I also spent a few nights on park benches and hopped around from friend's place to friend's place uh, and family was not an option because that's who I was running away from. Right, yeah. And that was, yeah, it was scary. It was around, it was October of 2008. Uh. it never occurred to me to squat. (laughs) Where was this?
1: This was was in Sarasota, Florida.
0: I was in Florida, too.
1: You were in Gainesville, though, weren't you?
0: Fort Lauderdale.
1: You could have squatted so many different (laughs) (laughs) places. Wow. uh, And, like, the sliders were the easiest way to get into houses. Like...
0: (laughs) Wow. With the knowledge
1: from the fire department I could break in.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. And it's so interesting how it all happens for a reason together. Yeah. Um yeah. And yes, it was I do believe that it that some of that trauma was stored into my body.
1: Oh, for sure. My um my other half basically <laughs> yells at me all the time about how I handle money. Um and I'm, I'm either in a, a feast or famine mode. Like, feast is where, like, famine's where I'm saving up and I'm hiding stuff.
0: Yes. And <laughs>
1: <and there's laughs> where I'm like, God damn it, I have money, I can actually buy this. And so then exactly. I, you splurge. I know um, through some of my, my therapists, they've said that um, uh, developmentally, when we are starved in a certain developmental phases, Uh, we kind of get stuck in different um, behavioral patterns with like validation. Mm. Um, Some people will um, impulse buy, or they do online shopping, retail therapy. Some people will turn to drugs, alcohol, some other form of addiction. could be sexual addiction. It could be gambling. Uh, Some way to self-validate. And when we, you and I have both lacked that parental support, in that developmental phase where ultimately, like I didn't even get into the part where I was running away from my family also, um, where we had to have that pride to self-validate because there was no one else to validate us, um, which makes us uh, financially self-sufficient. So this is the feature of the famine um, dichotomy that we roll with where, um, we squirrel away money we hide we hide it i'm sure i'm assuming you hide money
0: <laughs> assuming um yes
1: <laughs> and you're like
0: i'm strategic about how where my money is <laughs>
1: yep yep strategically placing money is also hiding money or investing yes. or yes investing like, Diversifying our-
0: Bank accounts.
1: portfolios, <laughs> and all this stuff. Like, So now we're at the point where we're like, mm, I don't know where uh, we see A, we see B, no, nope. we automatically assume C, D, E, F, G. And so we're like, oh, I'm gonna put it there, there, there. We scroll a little way. And then there's comes a moment where we're like, no. Uh, well, we're not getting that validation from X, Y, or Z because they're
0: ultimately they're distractions they're just distractions from what's really going on because yes Yes. i've I've spent a lot of money on really stupid things um and it wasn't until i stopped doing that and forced myself to sit with myself because that is the process of how i convert my energy in different forms meditation and so to sit with myself and like be like okay pv Don't worry, you're not in any risk of losing everything. What's going on here? What's, you got a real fucked up relationship with money. What's going on here? Um, And then I find out that, oh, it's actually rooted in something that happened to me at a young age, uh, being homeless, right? And then to convert that energy, I've had to be like, no, my body is my home to a point where now I've started Pilates. And it's hard, but today she's like,
1: You're beautiful. You're fantastic.
0: Um, Yeah, it's a crazy workout. And today the instructor was saying, what's your intention? And I was like, my intention, my body is my home. My body is my home. As I'm like doing crunches on like a reformer board, which turned into singing to myself, I'm a brick house.
1: (laughs) Preach. Preach.
0: Um, and that's the effect homelessness has had on me.
1: <laughs> no home to I'm a brick house. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm paying for this brick house. It's fantastic
0: and magical and I love it. Exactly, um, exactly. No,
1: uh, I, I get it um, 100%. So um, if we rewind to the trauma, because how and why did we become homeless? Where did we lose that uh, ability to rely on our, um, our, our family, right? And like what caused us to be self-sufficient and to run away from our problems and to choose one thing over another is uh, there's emotional trauma. There's, uh, if you were, were reading between the lines, there's psychological, physical, potentially sexual traumas that um, many of us carry in those traumas, um, they get, they get stored in the body. Um, I, <laughs> I, I this literally happened yesterday. I, I love this. Um, I had a client that came in and she handed me her MRI. Um, she's 50 something year old woman, uh, complaining of, uh, bilateral carpal tunnels so like numbness and tingling in her, in her wrists. Uh, she works in finance. Uh, She's at a computer all day long, and um, she's had the MRI. She's about to go for a a nerve conduction test to see, like, is there a nerve issue within her hands? She's been to all these different people. Nobody can really figure out what's going on with her, and they had recommended doing a bilateral carpal tunnel surgery.
0: so invasive. It's
1: it's, it's not nice. So uh, she hands me her MRI, and within the first – I wanna say 15, 20 seconds. I looked at her MRI and I saw something that's like, it was like a punch in the face to me and I was like, have you ever been choked? Have you ever had a near drowning? Have you ever had a concussion, any car accidents? Has there been any head injuries?
0: From her hands? You were able to tell that from her hands?
1: No, it was from her MRI of her neck. Oh, from her MRI. It was from her MRI of her neck. There's, um, I can actually show you because I'm at the office. Um, She had here.
0: I love that you just have a skull readily available.
1: Everything that I do in the office is all about education because if people are not, uh, people end up coming here trying to reclaim their health. And if they're not an educated health consumer, and they don't know who, what, when, or why, how, then they just become a victim of their, their own ignorance. It's mm-hmm. like me taking a car into the car shop and I have no idea what's wrong with it. I hear something going on, just fix it. And they could add X, Y, and Z and they could do all these tests. But if you have someone that really talks to you and under, like, listens to what you're telling them is going on with the car, you're like, oh, I don't have to do all this extra stuff. It's most likely this, and this is how we can tell. Uh, with the body, a lot of Western medicine ends up trying to uh, compartmentalize issues instead of looking at the body as a whole. Instead of looking at that the, the body as a house, they want to break it down into pieces. Mm. It's like, yeah. okay, well, yeah, you have a leak in your kitchen, but where's the leak coming from? Yeah. You have a bathroom above the kitchen is leaking, that's why. So if we just fix the leak in the kitchen without fixing the leak in the bathroom, it's still gonna just perpetuate.
0: So we have to figure
1: out as to why there's issues within the body. And yes, your body is a temple, so if it's a temple, how are you going to keep it healthy and safe and running? So this, this particular client, she had moderate to severe degeneration of this piece of your skull right here.
0: Right between the jaw and the head, right?
1: Yeah. It's called the odontoid process. Okay. It's basically a stabilizing muscle for, like, jaw, like, movement and mobility. Um, and that's where I was like, how, how would you have – everything else in her uh, MRI was mild, nothing significant, like, fixable stuff. Okay, you need a tire rotation. This tire is flat, like, or not low on air, like, we'll fill this, air, this, this up. It's like, it's super fixable, but then you see something where you're like, your muffler fell off, <laughs> and you're like, nobody picked up on the
0: muffler pick falling off? So- right, because it's all connected. Right. So right. you asked her if she had any, I guess, head trauma.
1: Right. And she said no. I said no car accidents, no sports, no concussions. No. Uh, and I was like, this is really bizarre, because degeneration is a long-term thing. It's not acute. Um, And basically the cranial nerves that come out of the head out of the back right here that would affect the the nerves in your hands. So here's some free medical knowledge. If the issue's here in your forearm, this is C5. Okay. Over -over -over five. If it's here, this is C6. This is C7. You're welcome.
0: Your middle (laughs) finger, yeah.
1: T1, T2. So ring fingers, T1. uh, pinky fingers, T2. Uh, C7 is your middle finger and C6 is your index finger and your thumb. So it tells me where in your vertebrae, like the potential problem could be coming from, Uh, but she's got it in both hands. So that tells me it's higher up. Mm -hmm. I look at the MRI and she's got degeneration at this point, that's super high up in the neck, uh, like basically behind the jawbone. And I'm like, how the hell would that get there? Fast forward, she tells me through a series of questions that she had dental work 20 years ago. And I was like, okay, did they knock you out or did they lose a local anesthetic? And she said, um, they knocked her out. They were supposed to just be like in and out procedure, but she, they ended up keeping her overnight because there were complications. I was like, so we don't know what happened. Okay. <clears throat> I started asking her a bunch more questions and they come to find out that she, I, the body holds secrets. So even though people don't necessarily have to tell me things, I can still see things by what their body's telling me. I looked at her tongue and I said, who died? I said, someone died a long time ago, like long, long, long time. I'm like 20, 30 years ago, somebody died. Her tongue? Just by looking at her tongue. And she goes, she looks at the woman that came with her and she goes, did you tell tell him? And the woman that came with her was like, no and she goes my son died and I said how long ago she said 27 years I said how old was he she said four months I was like he was four months old I was like what did he die from she said "Uh, SIDS and uh, I was like I'm so sorry that's 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 awful I was like were you the one that found him and she said no it was the first day I returned back to work after maternity leave, I dropped him off at uh, a daycare. And they called me at work and told me that when I went to wake him up from his nap that he was gone. Wow. And so all this time, the very first thing that I saw with her MRI was that there was degeneration of this bony landmark here. And then I had asked the questions, had you been choked? Have you had head trauma? Have you had this, have you had that? And everything was no. But if you think about that trauma that she had, that loss of a child and that guilt and that grief, all these years of the (sighs) pulling back. And like, I can't imagine that phone call, like the trauma that that woman has gone through all these years with her neck, like pulling back. This position is basically what she's stuck in where it's like the head's back and the chest is up. And so it's like, if you imagine getting choked That's exactly what it is. And our connective tissue, our fascia, the clear film on top of the chicken, it covers our whole body top to bottom. So if we do something over and over again, or if there's a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, financial trauma, it gets stored in that body. Our neurotransmitters, they go live. um, And then all of a sudden there's this trauma. The fascia seizes up to protect the tissue, the underlying tissue. So with you and me, Being homeless, this traumatized, like we're running from our problems, which if you fast forward or like rewind back to what that trauma could have been. And we had issues at home that we ran away from that we didn't feel like we could be there. We didn't have a home. So it was better to not have any home or family than it would be to stay there. So that trauma is what created the homelessness. The homelessness is a symptom. It's not a cause of a problem. So with this woman, with her degeneration of this part of her neck right there, the 12 cranial nerves, which basically affect the hands, they can't, certainly doesn't affect the hands, um, are basically, their support structure to give them form is rotting away. So um,
0: Wow, this is so fascinating. It's- I'm having a light bulb go off in my head right now because I, I have this problem where, I walk like I'm constantly falling forward as if I'm getting ready to run. And it's like, it's really connecting to, okay, wow, house, like, from like running house. away from yes. my house. And I've like yes. lived my life in that pattern. And even then, like all of the things I've done, a lot of people say, wow, Peavy, you've done so much in such a short period of time. It's like, I've just been running through life, just like a lot, just doing a lot, distracting myself.
1: It's all distraction. So she's like, wait, I came in for numbness and tingling in my hands. And somehow you tracked it back to my child passing away. I asked her, I was like, how many kids did you have? And she said, just one. I was like, how many pregnancies? She had five. The other four were miscarriages. So her body basically just was like, I'm not doing this again. Like, I don't want to have to deal with the emotional. So she's running away from the problem. She ended up getting divorced. She's remarried. She's now happily remarried, but she never had any more kids um, of her own. And then um, she's working and she's like, well, why all of a sudden are these problems showing up? Like this wasn't here 18 months ago. <laughs> it was like, there's this thing called COVID <laughs> mm-hmm. and our stress, everything that we eat gets broken down either into a fat, a protein or a sugar. The sugar is basically spending cash in our body. Protein is going to be our savings account. And we don't really tap into our savings account because we're running. Mm. So your body can't eat the muscle or the protein because you're using it. So the fat, which is essentially our 401k, what happens if we take a, if we borrow on our 401k, we get hit with a, a tax penalty, right? When our body, that ultimately is like, it's easier to break into an, a window. that's already been broken once rather than to break a brand new door open because the fat, what our body's after is vitamin D three. And there's other micronutrients that it could be after, but ultimately like your body's trying to get this foundation of our hormones, whether it's if it's an emotion of fear or anxiety or depression or, um, whatever your fear or like whatever your emotion could be that's like perpetuating and like plaguing you um that takes energy to run that that takes money and so where's that money going to come from if you don't have the spending cash and you don't have the savings you're going to take it from the 401k so ultimately your body ends up trying to eat itself this is why women are prone to osteopenia osteoporosis osteomalacia where's vitamin d3 stored in your bones So if you're not getting the nutrients from the food that you're eating because you're not eating enough because we're homeless, rolling pennies and quarters, dimes trying to figure out what I Mm -hmm. making.
0: Right, a A mindset of scarcity.
1: Scarcity, your body is trying to, is like, okay, well, we can't use the muscles because we need to run. So let's go into our 401k. And so with COVID, it screwed everybody. Where do we get D3 from, the sun? Nobody went outside, everybody was scared, everybody's emotions were high. So like our our, our our expenditure for that month was beyond what our budget was. So if you're trying right. to spend on the budget, you have to pull from someplace else and then you get, boom. So this is why all of a sudden she now has bilateral numbness and tingling in her hands because COVID has affected her and her body's attacking a place that's been affected from so long ago.
0: Just, uh, just to clarify, when you say COVID, you don't mean the virus itself, but the closures that came as a result of the pandemic.
1: The anxieties, the depressions, the fears, the frustrations, the resentment, the grief, all of these emotions plaguing us, not necessarily the virus, no. Um, it's just the, the mental status of everyone um, from COVID. Has really affected us and changed our ourselves, which our homes became essentially a no longer a sanctuary. It like became, a prison, it became a prison, and then we became prisoners in our not only our home but in our bodies, and we become riddled with this emotion that is essentially eating.
0: Right. I mean, yes, the pandemic has shot the prices of alcohol up. (laughs) Yes, I have alcohol stock. And uh, it has really increased over the past year. I even there's even a guy downstairs that I, I have seen him just order food all year long. And he's just I've seen him grow. I've seen his body pack on fat. Um, And that's what COVID is doing to us. It's locking us in our homes and our minds.
1: So our bodies can, yes, be a temple, but it can also be a prison. Yes. And then the secret killer that nobody thinks about is our past traumas and how our past traumas can come back and haunt us. Yeah, express
0: themselves in stress, right? And anxieties.
1: In different ways. Yep. So... When I have a client, like the, the thing that tipped me off was the degeneration at this point. I was like, what would cause long-term degeneration at this point? Um, yeah, the dental work, the dental work was 20 years ago. But her son passed 27 years ago. So it's insult on injury, on injury. On, it just keeps perpetuating and nobody's addressed it. And I looked at her after I had to show her multiple different potential algorithms of how I could get to the same answer. I showed her them all, I wrote them all out on the board and I was like, I am so sorry that no one has found this or explained this to you like this earlier. And that was the moment that it clicked to her and she just melted. She just, I think she finally allowed herself to start to grieve, um, to process that and to release that um, in the neck. Because if she had never fully processed and grieved her son's loss and then she's in this same position unconscious and people are digging and grinding on her, her jaw, that's like more injury, that's more trauma. And then she's sitting at a desk like this and then she's feeling with stress and she's not going outside and then there's COVID, like there's going to be problems. Um, but how do you, how do you unlock that? How do you release that? There's a silver lining in there somewhere for everybody.
0: Like, li- yeah that's the question I was gonna ask like so yeah, okay there's, there's you-
1: a <laughs> lining in there for everybody it's like okay so um my traumatized childhood uh, my parents used to use toys as a, a form of punishment because I was nonverbal. to I was almost four and they were trying to get me to articulate and use my words now I can't shut up <laughs> <laughs>
0: Making up for lost time.
1: Making up. <laughs> so um, they had used my toys um, as a form to a, a, a way to discipline me. They used to throw them away, burn them, break them. They did all kinds of shit. Um, I, I spent the last couple of years reclaiming my childhood, basically going on eBay and buying and finding the things that had brought me joy that I they either took away or they wouldn't let me have. I, I accumulated a lot. And then I just, I didn't do anything with them. They were just sitting in the basement. And uh, my partner was like, throw this shit away. Why do you still have all these toys? Like, you don't need this. I was like, I know I don't need it, but I'll get rid of it when I want to. Fast forward, COVID. Everybody does different things. I went to the internet and I did some retail therapy. I found people on specific website i don't know if we can say websites we're not on here yeah yeah
0: why not
1: okay it was etsy i was on etsy
0: yeah (laughs) uh,
1: there are some brilliant people on etsy brilliant i love um i've got a salty sarcastic snarky sense of humor and i found several people that were making christmas ornaments my favorite holiday was christmas um never got anything I ever wanted which goes back to the toys because they wouldn't let me have it that's how i knew true but um i found uh this one particular individual that there were several that i became friends with but this one particular individual we became friends after i fell in love with her work and uh, one day she told me she was going to go to goodwill and she was looking for old vintage toys and i was like for what and she goes i i need to buy some because I want to turn them into Christmas ornaments and like put funny sayings on it and then sell that. And I was like, what kind of toys? So she tells me and I was like, don't buy anything. I sent her 22 boxes, 22 boxes of old vintage 80s toys. And I repurposed, so one, I reclaimed my trauma. I didn't let it dictate who I was. I brought it back and I was like, this is mine. When I'm ready, I'll let it go. Then I found someone who brought me so much joy by the shit that she made and she she makes it for Christmas, which is my favorite holiday. And I was like, wait, if I can do a random act of kindness and pay it forward to someone who's totally unsuspecting. I didn't tell her I was doing it. I just don't buy anything yet. Um, And I had her address because the ornaments that she had bought I had bought from her, I had her return address. (laughs) So I saved it. I sent her 22 boxes of Christmas ornaments that she then can in turn turn into Christmas ornaments and create my, basically flipping my trauma into something that's going to bring joy to however many people find her store on Etsy. And then that is like, isn't that ultimately what immortality is, is like taking something and repurposing it and letting that Continue on surrendering
0: and letting go. Yeah, and it's like this per, this uh, fundamental property of the universe that the infinity of it all. Yeah, um, what goes around comes around, and you were able to convert your trauma into this positive energy and put it back out into the universe, which is, I mean, that's awesome because so many of us just hold on to that trauma. Like, I don't know. I got news for you. Life is fucking traumatic. Everybody. welcome <laughs> like and that's that's part of the beauty and the experience of life that's actually the stuff that i'm grateful for now yep because if it weren't for those deep valleys i wouldn't be able to have the high peaks because those are you no, can't correct. like literally valleys cannot exist or peaks cannot exist without a valley
1: correct yeah
0: you know? and then you, you gotta let that shit go and like puff puff pass
1: it's just one more blip. So many people make their trauma their cornerstone.
0: Right, that victim mentality. This is who I am now. It's like, no, you're not your past.
1: Yeah. Uh, and there's so much negativity and so much trauma that we all experience. And whatever anyone's particular trauma is, and I, I feel being an empath I feel their trauma and I understand their trauma and I hate their trauma but at the same time I'm thankful for their trauma because many of them without that trauma that we wouldn't have met
0: and then I would be be able to
1: help them reclaim their identity or their selves or their health or their purpose um, and introduce them to the other people that I've met and that I've Kind of uh, accumulated uh, professionally to help them reclaim who they want to be and what they want to be so yes we're given things that we may not ask for and uh, we have a choice we either accept it we can run from it or we can repurpose it
0: right it's like our trauma is kind of like fat in the body it's stored energy it's a matter of how you use it and it can be really powerful if you can really, if you can convert it, that right. energy yep. from traumatic stored energy to releasing it and using it as fuel.
1: Yes. To do good and to give back. Right. Get that positive. Uh, it's, I love what I, what I do now, uh, I can't see myself doing, I, if you had told me 10 years ago, this is what you're going to do, I would, I would say good story. Um,
0: exactly. <laughs> it is, that's what it is at the end of the day, right? We're just storytelling monkeys. These are our stories.
1: Where I'm going to be in 10 years, I have no clue. Where I'm at right now is literally the present. And that's what it is. It's like, okay, we have right now. Do I want to focus on those negatives? Um <laughs> Or do I wanna flip it and find a positive and like make it a hysterical journey and like, okay, these things happen, but they're just things.
0: Right, right. They're just things, they're just experiences for your little collection of memories in your mind. So, well, Randy, I love the work that you're doing and really spreading. You are converting your trauma into energy and spreading it out into the universe and helping your patients. If people want to learn more about what you do and who you are, where can they find you? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) You know how hard
1: it is to get a hold of me.
0: Uh... (laughs) Okay, guys. Um, Yes, Randy is this beautiful human in the world. I kind of just wanted to showcase here you go here you oh, go no. yes <laughs> and that's that <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah the office is uh the business is called uh, precision acupuncture health and wellness um i'm on beacon street in boston um you can go to precisionacupunctureaustin.com uh to find us there um i think there's an instagram i'm not in charge of it
0: <laughs> i like i like that I like that. I tried to just post on these social media's uh, platforms without interacting too much.
1: yeah uh, i I don't I don't subscribe really to social media you I mean, you might be able to find some profiles for me, but I'm not active on them. <laughs>
0: so, well. Sorry. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: I love you PV. You're fantastic. I love what you're doing and how you're converting your trauma and repurposing it so that you can help others on their journey.
0: Ah, thank you. Thank you.
1: Welcome.